This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're going to be encouraged. <laughs> Today, I'm getting real. Instead of sharing things you might want to do or try in your homeschooling this year, I want to share with you what not to do. Yep, that's right. I'm sharing my top five epic failures. I'm hoping that at the end of my heartfelt and quite embarrassing confessions, you will one, definitely feel much better about yourself as a mom and as a homeschooler. Two, that you'll see you're not alone in your sinful nature and mommy outbursts. And three, you will see that failures, even the epic failures, will happen, but they won't ruin your kids. So after 20 plus years of homeschooling, it was super hard to narrow down the top five epic failures. There are just so, so, so many to choose from. So silly me, I asked my kids for suggestions, and wouldn't you know it, I was bombarded with suggestions like, oh, mom, remember when you did this? Or, man, you were scary that day that you dot, dot, dot. If anything, my family certainly keeps me grounded and humble. So here goes. Epic failure number one was trying to teach my children in a certain way, even when it was obvious it wasn't working. You see, my daughter and I, we love games. It was one of the primary ways we did school. No matter what we were learning about, I either made up a game for it or I found a game to buy. Then my son comes along and wouldn't you know it, he hates games just as much as my husband does. But I, being the master of games, figured my son just didn't play enough of them and that's why he didn't like them. So I made sure we played tons of games math games, science games, spelling games. Yet, he kept telling me he hated it all, and he would never voluntarily join a game when my daughter and I pulled out some of our favorites. In my head, I was thinking, man, this kid just doesn't know how lucky he is that his mom wants to play math games instead of making him do pages and pages of worksheets. Well, I found out the hard way just how wrong I was. Pride goes before a fall, right? So you see, around the time my son was in, I think, fourth or fifth grade, I started teaching a math class for homeschoolers called Math Fundamentals. It was an hour class of fun and games. Each week, we focused on a particular math skill like multiplication or geometry or fractions, and we literally played games for an hour to help the kids reinforce the skills, but in a fun and hands-on way. 
Well, since we were focusing mainly on third through seventh grade math skills, and my son couldn't stay home alone by himself, I made him come with me and take the class. Boy, was that a mistake. The first day of class, I pulled out my best multiplication dice games, the games that are a hit in every single class I teach. And as I'm explaining how to play the game, I'm also telling the kids how much they're going to love it. Well, my son blurts out, Oh, this game? Mom, I hate this game. It's so boring. My own son was killing the fun buzz in my class. Then I introduced another super fun multiplication dice game. This time, there were no comments from the peanut gallery, a.k.a. my son. But as I was walking around checking on each team, I hear my son telling his table mates, Hey, if you thought the last game was boring, wait till you play this one. It was that day I finally realized teaching through games really didn't work for him. It may have worked for me, it may have worked for my daughter, and it may have worked for some of the other kids in the class, but not for him. After being mortified a few more weeks by comments, I asked my son, all right, what could we do differently? And he simply said, mom, just show me what to do. I get it. I'd rather do a few problems on a page and be done with math for the day than play a bunch of games all day long. Ouch. But you know, he was right. When I started giving him little five-minute math lessons on how to, say, do common denominators or how to add decimals, he understood immediately, would complete a page of practice problems in record time, and would usually be done with math before I had a chance to even ask if he needed help. So don't push particular learning style or particular curriculum on your child. If it's not working, it will only end up in an epic fail. Epic failure number two was completely losing my temper and setting unrealistic expectations. So I'm not the most flexible person in the world. I love my plans and I love my planner. When the kids were younger, I diligently planned out our week so we could do our lessons and participate in activities without getting behind or being late. And I really hate both, getting behind in schoolwork and being late. Well, it was a typical week. I had our lessons planned, our activities planned, fun projects to do, fun places to go. But on this particular morning, the kids woke up in a very grumpy mood. Instead of realizing we might need to change things up a bit, I stubbornly plowed forward with my plans. We can't get behind, right? Well, math wasn't going so well for my daughter on this particular day, and she got so frustrated she just stopped working. My son was having a fuzzy morning with his reading, so even the simplest of words were hard to sound out. He was frustrated and calling himself stupid. So then when we switched gears to nature studies, my daughter's butterfly picture looked, well, not at all like a butterfly. And being the perfectionist that she is, she crumpled up her page in her nature journal. But in the process, she accidentally ripped up a really nice entry she made the day before. Well, she melted in her own way by giving up and just sitting there in silence, which led my son to think he could stop drawing too. And the phone kept ringing this whole time. So I finally answered it and it was my mom. So after a 45 minute phone call and the kids had uninterrupted playtime, I couldn't get either one of them to finish up their work without whining and complaining. 
So my husband finally came in the room and asked what in the world was going on. Well, I lost it. I started yelling about how much I try to make school fun and interesting for them and everything I do for them and how they have no idea how bored they would really be if they were stuck in a classroom sitting there for hours at a time. And I may or may not have threatened to send them to the school down the street. And by the way they were looking at me, I must have had horns coming out of my head and bullets shooting out of my eyes. Aggravated and veins popping out of my neck, I grabbed my keys and loudly announced, that's it, I'm going for a ride. I was just going to clear my head, maybe get a little cup of coffee, listen to some music, and have a few minutes to just pull myself together. But my kids completely misunderstood my ranting and raving and my abrupt departure and thought I was leaving them for good. Yep, that's how upset I sounded and looked. When I got home, they were in a heap of tears with my husband consoling them and trying to convince them that I wasn't leaving them forever. I was just giving myself a little time out. Oh my gosh, I cried and cried with them, and I apologized over and over again. That was by far one of my worst mommy moments ever. And to this day, when someone asks my son or my daughter, what is one thing you remember about homeschooling? Do you know they always bring up that day? That's how much of an impression my ranting and raving made on them. What I should have done was just stop what we were doing, to pray with the kids, and then maybe take a ditch day or at least take a very long break. But instead, I pushed and I pushed and I wasn't willing to let go of my expectations for the day or to listen to their hearts. That day and that moment was an epic fail. Epic fail number three was pushing more formal reading lessons over reading aloud time. Being a former classroom teacher, I was convinced my daughter had to do formal reading lessons in kindergarten and that she had to learn to read by first grade. First off, wrong. Those are crazy and unnecessary standards and expectations. And second, if you don't agree with me or you're baffled by my recommendation, then I suggest you read Better Late Than Early by Dr. Raymond Moore sometime this year. Anyway, so when my daughter, who really, really, really wanted to learn how to read, was having difficulty, I just pushed her harder. She loved being read to, and she loved quote-unquote reading to her stuffed animals and to her little brother, but it just wasn't clicking. For years, she knew her letters and sounds, but she just couldn't seem to blend them together. Then first grade came and still the same thing. She loved to be read to and she wanted to read on her own, but the process of reading just eluded her. So I pushed more and got even more expensive and more complicated reading programs. Well, the story was the same in third grade. She was reading, but not at the level the teacher in me thought that she should be reading at. Now I was really pushing, and I was adding extra work and looking for tutors and unintentionally making her feel like she was behind or missing something. Then fourth grade came along and things started to click, and do you know by fifth grade she was reading at a high school level? So instead of spending so much time boring her to death with long and tedious reading lessons, I should have spent more time just reading aloud to her. Stories is what she loved. You know why this was an epic fail? Because of all of the wasted time and effort 
trying to push her to read. It was an epic fail because of the tears we shed as I pushed and pushed and pushed. It was an epic fail because this same little girl is now an adult who is a prolific reader, who consumes a thousand-page book in a day, whose second home is the library, and whose Kindle is just another appendage. She never lost her love of books, thank God, and when she figured out the actual process of reading, there was no limit to what she could read, do, or learn. So learn from my epic failure. Don't push, especially when they're young. But this leads me to epic failure number four, which was not listening to my mama gut. So the same thing with reading started to happen with my youngest, except this time I didn't push as much. I had learned my lesson. Unlike my daughter, he had no desire to learn how to read. He was busy building with his Legos and hitting baseballs in the yard. And he was a boy. By this time, I had finally tamed that inner classroom teacher in me and had finally embraced the homeschooling mom. But unlike my daughter, I did notice things I didn't when my youngest and I did school together. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I knew it was different, so I just filed it away. As each year passed, the reading wasn't coming along. There was major frustration from both him and me, and my gut kept saying, this is different. This isn't a kid who just isn't ready to read yet. My mama antenna was up, and I knew something else was going on. But I squashed it deep down and convinced myself it was just me worrying too much. Then one day, my son came to me and said he wanted to be tested because he felt like his brain didn't work like his friends. That's what he actually said. He couldn't, he could only describe what it felt like when he tried to read or listen to stories, and that he just didn't feel normal. Well, my heart broke. There it was. My gut was right the entire time. Even my little guy felt he needed help, but he didn't know what kind. This was truly one of the biggest epic failures of my mothering and homeschooling career. God kept putting people in our lives who were dyslexic, and the Holy Spirit kept giving me nudges to read certain books and articles, to pray for certain things, and to do certain things with my son, but I didn't listen. But once we figured out my youngest was dyslexic, everything began to make sense. We now had the tools to work with, and he was learning how to use his dyslexia to his advantage. He was even relieved to know, his words, not mine, that he wasn't dumb, and it was just that his brain processes things differently. After reading the book, The Gift of Dyslexia, and Dyslexia is My Superpower, he even began seeing it as an advantage. He advocates for himself, and he knows he just needs to work differently, not harder. But boy, do I wish I would have listened to the Holy Spirit and to my mama gut much sooner. If you feel something is not the best approach for your child, or something isn't going the way it should, then pray, ask for help, pray some more, and then listen to that still voice of the Holy Spirit. An epic fail number five was not taking advantage of the freedom and flexibility homeschooling provides sooner so that we could spend extra time with extended family. There are so many stories and examples I could share about how I failed miserably in this area. 
There are so many awesome things we missed out on because I insisted we were quote unquote behind and couldn't take time off of school. There are so many adventures we didn't go on because I was afraid. Y'all, I even canceled a trip to Austria and Germany with my family because I was afraid to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. My husband and daughter had a blast with my nieces and in-laws while I sat at home looking at the awesome pictures they sent me each day. But my biggest regret and biggest epic failure is not spending more time with the grandparents. What a blessing to have two sets of grandparents who were alive and healthy. But again, it took me a long time to include my in-laws who live locally in our lessons and in our home education. I shudder at the thought of how many precious outings my kids could have gone on with my in-laws when they were little. Instead, I had to stick to our quote-unquote schedule and decline all their invitations. The worst, I think, was not taking advantage of our flexibility of homeschooling to visit my family back home in New Orleans more often. What a shame we didn't visit more and take more extended vacations to just hang out with my family and with my parents. Again, I let my fear of getting behind or taking too many breaks when those precious Southwest free points were made available to us. I'm eternally grateful, though, my parents came to visit us in California quite often instead. I only wish I would have taken more time off of schoolwork while they visited so my parents could teach my kids about my hometown and about our family history and about the things they love, like cooking, bird watching, gardening, and politics. This is definitely my biggest epic failure. I did eventually figure this out in time to take advantage of the freedom and flexibility of homeschooling so we could spend time with family, to learn with extended family, to include the grandparents and aunts and uncles in our learning, and to visit with my family back home. I just wish I would have learned this lesson much sooner. The lessons our kids can learn from these kinds of experiences far outweigh anything we can teach them from a textbook. So there you have it. My five biggest epic fails and what I learned from them. Be willing to teach a different way or to use a different method. Keep your cool. Spend more time reading aloud than doing formal reading lessons. Listen to your gut and to the Holy Spirit's nudges. And please make spending time with family and grandparents just as important as quote unquote school time. And remember, when you fail, humbly ask forgiveness from your kids. You will be amazed at how much they love you no matter what. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining us for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out our website for links to my new book and for more articles on homeschooling. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast or our Instagram and website or our new book, Just Breathe, with a friend who might need some encouragement this week or share it with a friend who's new to homeschooling. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless and see you next time.